Welcome to IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast. IFA Talk is for professional investors only. Thank you. Today, we will be speaking to Tom Selby, Head of Retirement Policy at AJ Bell. Thanks very much for joining us for the latest episode of IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast, where we talk to people who matter about things that matter in the world of financial services. My name is Rebecca Combs, and I'm the junior editor at IFA Magazine. And joining me on the podcast today is my co-host and IFA Magazine editor, Sue Whitbread. Hi, everybody. Sue here. And uh, what a week we've had. Well, welcome to our mini budget special. And basically, last week's statement from the new Chancellor Quarteng. Well, it's continued to grab the front page headlines, uh, but has also managed to spook the markets. So on IFA Talk today, we're going to be looking at some of the detail, as well as some of the likely impacts of the mini budget or the fiscal event, or whatever you want to call it, uh, for advisors and their clients. So let's introduce our guest then, who is none other than Tom Selby. Hello. Hello, Tom. Tom is Head of Retirement Policy at AJ Bell. So I'm guessing, no doubt, the impact on pensions might just feature in our conversation. (laughs) I'd hope so, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So jumping straight into it then, unless our listeners have been on another planet, they'll definitely have heard about the government's growth plan. But can we start by asking you to give us a brief overview of what you saw as the key changes in the Chancellor's plan announced last Friday? Oh, what were the key changes? There were so many changes, weren't there? I'll I'll try to remember most of them. So I guess the... The, the headline, um, well, I guess the headline was a couple of days before the budget, actually. So there was the, 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 obviously the huge energy package that's going to cost about £70 billion or something like that, designed to protect people from rising energy bills. That's the kind of big backdrop to all of this. We also had the, the reversal of national insurance increase and the cancellation of the, the health and social care levy. So this is all before the budget that wasn't a budget happened. This is probably enough headlines there for a normal budget in and of itself. So the health and social care levy was something that never actually existed that was going to um, be charged on everyone's incomes, including those over a state pension age, but that's been abolished. In terms of what happened on the day, um, so cutting basic rate of income tax to be brought forward in 2023, so a year earlier than planned, so that's down from 20% to 19%. Abolition of the top rate of income tax, of course, so the 45p rate, perhaps the most controversial measure in that was the rabbit out of the hat really wasn't it it was the rabbit yeah and i'm not i'm, I'm not sure if the rabbit was in the greatest health to be honest judging by the reaction of markets <laughs> and, uh, and the press to what we've seen i'm not i'm not i'm not exactly sure that was what was planned although clearly there was an effort at shock and all there um Dividend taxation, of course, changing as well in line with the the abolition of the top rate of income tax and the removal of the um, the increase in in the NI levy. So there was supposed to be, well, there has been a corresponding increase in dividend taxation, which has now been cancelled. Corporation tax increase cancelled. Um, some expansion of uh, enterprise investment schemes, cutting stamp duty, of course, as well. Um, I, I, I've probably forgotten some things there, but just listing 
that stuff just makes you realize just how dramatic and, and radical this was. Now, the markets have yeah. clearly taken a view, um, not necessarily on the policies, but perhaps on the, the amount of spending that's going on and, and the amount of oversight that's going on in that spending, but certainly a, a, a significant a, a budget. Should we, should we call it a budget just for simplicity? Yes, let's not call it a mini budget. Okay, as, as significant a budget as, as I can remember for financial yeah. services and for investors and for, for advisors as well, certainly since the pension freedoms i suppose in 2014 that's mm -hmm. the only one that kind of comes even vaguely close to to the the scale of change that we're seeing here mm. no agree well you mentioned advisors there and their clients i wonder perhaps if we could delve in a little bit on how mm. those changes will affect advisors clients and you know what does what does it mean for pension tax relief for example i know oh, so yes yeah, so, some some interest interesting questions and it's, it's quite interesting now to on the day of the the budget there was a uh, most of my focus, I think most of everyone's focus was on the individual policies. And actually over the last few days, we've clearly moved away from that. And it's about markets and what's happening to interest rates and potentially what's happening to inflation and, and all the rest of it. But there are good old sterling falling yes. off. Yeah, well, it's quite yeah, quite scary times for a lot of people. Quite scary times for anyone who's who's borrowing money, anyone who's got a mortgage that's up for renewal, of course, as well. Um, but in terms of the the impact on advisors, clients, I guess the the dividend taxation move will be um, significant. So anyone who's got investments outside tax tax wrappers, who's an additional rate taxpayer, is going to be able to keep more of their their money. Um, clearly, lots of advised clients and indeed advisors themselves will pay themselves through dividends as well yep. so that move is going to be um, a, a positive for, for advisors in terms of pension contributions um, clearly the main the main thing to think about here is the reduction in income tax rates so the reduction in the basic rate of income tax from 20 percent to 19 percent and the, the removal of the the top rate of income tax at so a 45p rate that clearly means that clients affected by those rates are going to be able to keep more of their money that's the immediate impact but as you as you kind of alluded to the there'll also be an impact for pensions tax relief as well so there's going to be a short window of time um, over the next well between now and april 2023 for additional rate taxpayers to pay money into pensions to claim the tax relief that's associated with that and to, well, so to claim tax relief at the 45p rate clearly once we move down to 40 percent tax relief will be granted at that marginal rate of 40 percent um, there's all there's also a slight quirk in the way that that's all happening as is often the case as i'm sure you know with with pensions so we're, go we're going to have a period of 12 months between 2023 24 and 2024 25 when relief at source schemes are able to continue paying tax relief at 20 percent for basic rate taxpayers whereas net pay schemes presumably will move to 19 percent so we've we've seen this before with the net pay scandal where you have different rates of tax relief paid between different schemes and what the government's announced here and by giving release that's Louis Scott saw schemes an extra year to adapt to this we're going to have this weird situation again where there's different rates of tax relief paid based purely on the type of pension scheme you're in which isn't ideal in terms of simplicity isn't in that ideal in terms of, in terms of incentives but is something we've seen before and then clearly is something we're going to see again now. You are listening to IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast. Subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to be notified as soon as a new episode becomes available. And follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram at IFA Magazine.
So what are your thoughts on the lack of OBR input and also the ideas around tax simplification, especially in relation to much needed change on pensions? Yeah, interesting. So I, clearly the, the markets have had have given their verdict on um, the budget. And I think I think it's fair to say that that verdict is more about the lack of oversight and the lack of costings for some of the, the spending plans rather than the individual measures that have been announced. So I don't think the market would react in in this in in the way it has in terms of punishing sterling and increasing the cost of borrowing for the government because of uh, a cut in corporation tax, for example, or a cut in income tax rates. This is about markets having confidence in the UK as a as a lender, and confidence in the UK economy, and and I think what we're seeing at the moment is about markets losing some confidence in in the economy now. The OBR report, clearly part of that, um, that I've seen the Chancellor has now pledged to publish some numbers to go alongside the, mm -hmm. the proposals that came forward. That's not going to come forward, I think, until November, um, which <laughs> Long time, isn't, isn't it? Isn't, yeah. not, isn't ideal. I mean, call, call me old fashioned, but I quite like the idea of having a set of proposals and then some costings alongside it immediately so you can assess it. And I think clearly that the markets <laughs> kind of think think the same, the same thing. So not ideal. I suspect this isn't quite how they hoped it would go down. I suspect that in future fiscal events or budgets or whatever you want to call them, the OBR will, will have the input that it's had previously because clearly markets like that. Um, in terms of pension tax simplification, so what one thing we, we didn't mention at the top there was the, the proposal to, to scrap the Office of Tax Simplification yes. and to fold the idea of simplification into everything that the government does now actually i think that has potential to be quite a, a good thing i think the ots does a good job in highlighting issues to the treasury and coming up with proposals to simplify taxation and there's all sorts of areas of tax that are so so complicated and it's an yeah. area where where advisors clearly can play a, a really important role in helping people navigate it but there, there was always a sense that the ots would propose quite sensible things and then just not get listened to and so you are reaching a point where it's kind of like, what, what, what is the purpose of this organisation if it's not really being, he, what he's saying hasn't been heeded by those in those in government. Um, so if if we can get some genuine simplification of the pension tax rules, I think that would be a good thing. Um, it's one of my big hobby horses that if if you sit back and look at the pension tax rules, if you came into pensions as somebody trying to think of a, a way to both incentivize retirement saving and create something that people could understand. I don't think anyone would suggest a system which has got three different versions of an annual allowance, one of, one of which most people have no idea when it's when it's triggered. The other one, the tapered annual allowance, you it's almost impossible to know whether it's going to affect you or not. A lifetime allowance, which has been changed umpteen times since 2010 2011 which is causing problems in the nhs and which has i think seven different forms of protection associated with it um, you've got the earnings limit as well it's if you came and looked at that as a non-pensions person you think that was a total mess and you say that needs some radical simplification so hopefully the fact that simplification is now being brought into the heart of everything the treasury does means that this can be looked at because I, I'm a firm believer in the fact that while a lot of the complexity that I'm talking about there might only affect a small percentage of, of people, 
the fact that it exists means, and the fact that, you know, particularly if you look in a D2C market and then employers and other people as well, all of it has to be explained to people. So if you have a new investor coming to pensions for the first time, you can't just say, this is how much money you can put into a pension each year. You have to say, this is how much most people can put in, but actually if you've accessed your pension flexibly, you can put in this much. If you earn over a certain amount, you can put in this much and you've got the lifetime allowance and you've got the earnings bit at the same time. It's not surprising that a lot of ordinary people probably come to the end of the tether and just stop engaging, just think this is all too hard, throw up their hands up mm. and give up. And I think if we could move to something that is simpler and I think it is doable, then that would be a, a huge thing for, for engagement. And it would be hugely helpful as we move into a world where we're going to have pensions dashboards and people are building up bigger pots through automatic enrollment. We really need people to be able to engage with pensions and we need the tax system that they engage with to make at least some sense, which I don't think it does at the moment. Oh, here, here. If we could make it yeah. more user friendly, it's mm. a win-win all across the board. And yeah. I think the industry has been guilty of, of making it more complex, but also the regulation, the change. But as you say, if that if the, the tax simplification will lend itself down to, to that channel, then we mm. would all be very, very, very happy about that. Yeah, I think I think we need we need something which means that any so we've had simplification obviously in 2006 and i think many would argue that that worked at the time and then what happens is you have successive governments come in who tinker and tinker and tinker okay. and yeah. you end up with with where we are now well, 16 years later um if if there were a way to i've talked before about a pensions commission something which involved garnering cross-party support in order to get to a point where everyone agreed the broad parameters of how pensions tax relief should work and how pension taxation should work with an aim of making sure more people save for retirement and obviously that's difficult for a lot of people at the moment given where inflation is but over over the long term I think it's important we don't forget the fact that one of the biggest challenges we as a country and other countries face is the fact that too few people save enough for retirement and auto enrollment is a good start but it's not going to do enough um, if we could get a commission to put forward proposals along those lines that could be agreed across political lines then perhaps we could get something that's not only simpler than what we have at the moment that encourages more people to save for retirement that's easier to engage with and that is hopefully has at least some protection from a new government coming and just changing it and making it complicated again um, it may be a far-flung dream that can never happen but it, it would be good if the words from the chancellor on simplification are met by by some actions and some genuine attempts to make things things easier for people who who do the right thing and try to save for the future. Definitely, um, and I'm guessing there will be some fairly loud claims along those lines from across the industry generally towards government now as well. I mean, we we do it every year, don't we? Please, simplification is needed. And so yeah. But we, but we, yeah, we. I think that we find we do have a good. The one, you know, like I say, a lot, a lot of the the budget has been um, has been focused on the negatives, and I, I totally understand that. But this is the first time that we've had a, a, a chancellor say that we're going to bring simplification to the heart of everything. Do this is this everything we do. This is something that's a central focus for this government. And you know, actions speak louder than words, as they say, and we'll and we'll and we'll see. But if there's no area of tax policy I can think of that is crying out for simplification more than pensions. So if, 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 we, if we don't see something on pensions in the next year, then I guess we know that it was just words and no action. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'd like to try to be optimistic even, 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 even in these current times, so it's quite difficult. 
<laughs> oh, I love I love the optimism, and we always like a bit of optimism. On the podcast, don't we, Beth? we do, we do. <laughs> Can't all and be I'm doom and gloom. That optimism. Now I'm going to try and ruin it. Now I'm going to lower the tone, and I'm going to go back before we sign off with you this morning, Tom, to look at that reaction from the markets, mm. which has been pretty dramatic so yeah. far. You say it's dominated the headlines, but uh, should advisors be concerned? And I guess I'm thinking more about it's the impact on inflation. It's that it's what it would mean and what yeah. that in terms of the, the extra costs that are involved and yeah. if, therefore interest rates having to go up more quickly than was talk of 6% base rates now, which anyway, over to you. Should advisors be concerned? So I, I, I would hope that most advisors wouldn't be concerned. I suspect clients will be very concerned about what's happening. You'll have lots of clients who are affected by, by inflation, lots of clients, I suspect, who would be affected by interest rates going up potentially beyond, beyond 6%. But this is one of the one of the many areas where a good advisor can be worth their weight in gold because we've seen over, you know, ever, ever since, frankly, the UK leaving the, the European Union, we've had shock after shock after shock to markets. We've seen, you know, the election of Donald Trump, COVID, inflation, now risks of interest rates there's feels like near constant dramatic uncertainty for people who are saving and investing and trying to think about the long term and I think if you've got a good advisor holding your hand then that as, as much as it is about navigating difficult tax issues and trying to get the biggest tax bang for your book a lot of what good advisors do nowadays is holding people's hands through periods yeah. of uncertainty um so I, I i would i would hope that advisors aren't kind of sitting in with clients and throwing their hands up in the air and screaming and panicking <laughs> i would hope that there are lots of calmed conversations going on between advisors and clients now who are invested in you know for the you know, primarily people who invest in the invested for the long term but also people who are holding cash and people who have borrowed money just to it's, it's an opportunity to sit down go through people's finances at their at the usual review make sure they're comfortable with the risks that they're taking make sure that you know they're getting the best deal possible on their mortgage if they're coming up to to renewal and, and just reassuring people that while things are clearly quite febrile at the moment it, it is all short term it will pass um and as long as you can keep focused on your long-term goals and your long-term investing goals and your long-term savings goals then there shouldn't be a need to re react dramatically to what's happening so I've, I've been asked a lot of times you know what what does what does this mean for pensions what does what does the what, what does the fall in sterling mean for pensions what does the current market uncertainty mean for pensions in inverted commas and obviously there's lots of different types of pensions but the, the reality is if you're in a defined contribution scheme or you're in drawdown and you're invested for the long term and you're diversified and you're comfortable with the risk that you're taking then frankly the the ructions in a single country albeit the country we all live in um shouldn't blow you off course it shouldn't fundamentally change your strategy clearly inflation is hugely difficult and you know if you're taking an income through drawdown then you need to think about the sustainability of your plan increasing your withdrawals by 10 percent a year might not be sustainable but again that's where a good advisor can can come in and, and help you navigate the storm i think yeah well there could be another little positive in there that who knows, it may, Tom, actually lead to more people seeking professional advice because yeah, of the, the constant volatility, the constant 
shocks yeah. and concerns and that that it may actually who knows, who knows reduce the advice gap and actually get people to take some sound advice so yeah would be a particularly strong yeah. that's I, sure. think, I definitely think for the long term that could happen i think people are people are crying out for information and help and ideally advice um and i i don't think there's anything that's happening at the moment that would make me think anything other than you know the the the, the future of regulated advice and good regulated advice in the UK is going to be going to be healthy for, for a good long time I suspect. So thanks so much for joining us today Tom. I'm sure our readers will really appreciate hearing a bit of clarity on all these things that everyone's been talking about for the last few days. IFA Talk is for investment professionals only. All material has been carefully checked for accuracy but no responsibility can be accepted for inaccuracies. Whatever appropriate independent research and whatever necessary legal advice should be sought before acting on any information contained in this podcast. And value of investments and income from them can go down as well as up. You may not get back the amount you originally invested.